Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, that's Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. So today is our book club book discussion. We haven't done a book club episode in a really long time, actually. For a while, we were doing them every month, but I feel like it's been a little while. So today we are talking about Rebecca by um, Daphne Demure. Is that how you say her name? Demurier, I think. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I'm really bad with names. So (laughs) the famous Rebecca. Yes. (laughs) So fun people know of. (laughs) I am very curious how this discussion is going to go. I am too. I, I'm excited about it, but I think we're going to have very different opinions. I am. I'm intrigued. Like I'm super intrigued because it is a weird, weird book, mm-hmm. and for a lot of different reasons. So, <laughs> how do you want to? Okay, want to just jump in? <laughs> we can just jump in. Um, first off, I am definitely going to need to say that this will have spoilers because oh I need absolutely. to talk through things that yes, I can't absolutely. talk through without spoiling okay. yep, yep, yep. so this uh, episode sometimes our episodes yes on books don't have spoilers but yes. this one will be and more. this will probably have spoilers very early on yes. and just yes. for anyone who is reading uh, most of the spoilers we're talking about happen towards the end of the book so yes. it's something that <laughs> So don't people, listen. If yeah, you want to ruin, it'll ruin the story. Go, I feel like you really need these read ones to the be a story story. and then come back to it because there are several very big twists that we will obviously be unpacking and probably very quickly. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I will first off say that yeah. full confession, the first two times I picked this up, I fell asleep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And it really wasn't until the party that I got really into it. Um, Like from the party on, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I want to read this. (laughs) So this, this book is weird. And I I think maybe I'll put a little context around it. One, this, this book is all about the inner world of this character. This character is unnamed the Mm -hmm. entire time. I loved that. Yeah. That was so cool. The way that Rebecca is named in like every chapter and like, yes talked about all the time and the main character whose point of view we are very grounded in is never named it was just it was so symbolic of like what this book is it was so great absolutely like it was a choice that I think perfectly encapsulates it because the only name she's ever given is his name it's his name (laughs) this is to yeah and she's the second one and Often, even when they're talking about Rebecca, they call her Mrs. De Winter. And so yep. there's this weird shadow of the narrator is like falling into the role of her, but not filling the shoes. Like she's not yes. as tall. She's not, she's not as, and there's so much of that where you're like, oh my goodness. Like you get the feeling of that yes. by that choice of not naming her. Yes. Also, it's really weird in that the time frame of this book is fascinating in that it starts out in the future, starts out at the very end. The end is both conclusion and beginning. And it happens where the unnamed character tells what the ultimate end of this story is. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, what the heck happened? Because yeah. the, the, 
Last night I dreamed of Manderley, and Manderley is a wreck and a ruin, and it's been burnt to the ground, and it's a shell, it's a husk, it's there's all these creepy vines, and it's it's so like atmospheric to the tenth degree, like almost like it goes on and on and on, and and it's interesting because then it shifts. There's in the second chapter, it's very abruptly goes from her being in the this is me looking back in retrospect and thinking about my dream and we shift back to the old her being then in everything she's still talking about in past tense but she's saying the now so she's like almost be re-become her old self yeah even though sometimes she makes comments from like her future Um, self yes yeah (laughs) Yeah, it made me want to, like, once I finished it, I was like, I want to go back and read the beginning again, because right. I think I would find it way more interesting now yes. than I knew where I was going. Yes. Yeah. And I came upon this one first by watching the Alfred Hitchcock film. Like, my family loved that. Like, I was at my grandmother's house watching Rebecca, the Alfred Hitchcock film, which is creepy. Like, I'm like, I'm, I think back on that. I'm like, that's really weird. And it was presented as almost like that film is almost a romantic story Mm -hmm. and when you read the book you're like I'm not sure that (laughs) I I think that reading is wrong (laughs) okay Okay, that leads me to one of my other very strong opinions about this book I hated Max yeah like hated him yes. up until he confessed to murdering his wife and then yes. I liked him and I was like okay. what is wrong with me right what is wrong with so that? I think what I like about this book is yeah. it makes you feel uncomfortable in a yes. lot of different ways and yes. I feel the same way like I it's like the falling in love sequence are like this really like dark twisted Cinderella story where yes. you get this undercurrent of this guy is unhinged like yes like and he's so patronizing and there's tons yeah. of gaslighting and he's just like absolutely <laughs> and calling her the clumsy and yes. little fool and there's so much of that that I'm like yeah I, like, I, warning warning yeah, yeah. <laughs> red flag <laughs> yeah and and he's ironic like he is yes for sure really byronic there's there is a through line to Jane Eyre definitely like there absolutely there's no question of that so there is like lots of creepy Rochester type of things in there and I feel the same way too though but that's what's weird is like as soon as you get that information and I think it's it's good that it feels weird because yeah he's basically a bluebeard he's killed his wife yes and we feel (laughs) But that's when I started feeling yeah. some sympathy for him. And that's when he yes. started being less like patronizing, gaslighting, and actually like treated her like the people or like, yeah, yeah which yeah. which is kind of part of the story too. Like she yeah. comments on that flat out and like hangs a lantern on it, how they aren't equals throughout most of their marriage in the book. And then, you know, until oh, this really. point where he actually finally discloses things. I think for that character, like she's, obviously an unreliable narrator like yeah and we get that she is so young yes and and, and, and you she, feel that but I do think yes. that the author did a fabulous job like making her feel young like yes. she, and, and making her feel like she matures over the course of the book Absolutely, um, because she does just feel so young and so innocent and so like 
oh I sweetie know. like I just want to be yeah. like <laughs> but, but also like lost in a sea of very manipulative yes people yes. like she is an orphan mm-hmm. who is forced to work with this woman as a paid yeah. companion who doesn't she doesn't have any agency. Yeah. This woman is going to leave for New York. The unnamed narrator is British. So she's going to have to leave her home for this job. And she has no yeah. say in it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things about class, I think, in this yeah. too, yeah. about the the how they're looked on. There's different adaptations also kind of show the, the difference that she is staff. She's not considered to be on the same footing as the person she's the companion to or as Max. And there's a lot of things that happen even between her and Mrs. Danvers because there is also that prejudice. Again, she is not of our of this class. She is not of the same and Rebecca was. And so then there's that comparison of like, yeah. The contrasts and comparisons were so well done too. Like they were so fascinating and creepy and interesting and like like really there was so much of this that I really loved I just felt yes. like I felt like it could have been cut cut yes, by like half absolutely. like, like <laughs> half of the book could have been cut or like yes. I wanted to edit it and be like let's cut all of this <laughs> there's so much talk about the weather yes. and, and well, some of it's really good like some of that yes. weather stuff is like descriptive and like so much of the description does so much heavy lifting but there's others yes. that they're like just sitting at tea talking about the weather and I'm like come on move it forward <laughs> absolutely and and I completely agree with you with that and I, I think often when when I read it there are certain parts that just get you into the flow and get you into the story and then yeah. you're like why do we continue on past that like we yeah. we've already gotten all the work of it and I almost felt like for me it's like Jurassic Park like it's just mm, too much yes, like yes. I read it and it's too much but I'm like what's good about the too much is I can then figure out what my own taste is for the yes, just enough. absolutely yeah no I agree I, sometimes it's really great to read stories like that that you're like yeah this is not totally for me because it helps you figure out what is for you. Um, you know, and we've talked about this before. I, I really like a fast pace. And so this is not not a fast paced story, but the story itself is so good and so fascinating and so like interesting and, um, captivating and kind of, yeah, it is totally creepy, but in a way that kind of like pulls you in, like, yeah, it just needs a lot less. Yes. Absolutely. Which is probably why it makes a fabulous movie. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I would imagine that it would it work does. really well as a movie. It really does. Like yeah. there's because you've there's, all that. <laughs> that's exactly like it it makes a really great movie, actually, because there is so little plot. Like yes. because the entire plot is everything going on inside of her yes. as she's experiencing the things. And yeah, her, all her fantasy world, mm-hmm. it's almost like the secret life of Walter Mitty, not to that extent that nothing is true but lots of things are like I'm not sure if I trust you (laughs) yes I do really like I really like how the reader did that where I mean the main character is constantly like imagining these scenarios Mm -hmm. which was great it was such a great like character trait it it, they always went on too long they could have been half as long and they would have done the same thing but it was an interesting character trait and it really created it it made it so that you did have this sense of this false narrator, but it, it also gave you this sense of like, 
even why she would fall for Max. And like, she has this kind of like idealization that she does to so many things and it, and it causes her, it's both her fatal flaw and, you know, like, and what leads her into everything because she idealizes what could happen and has these visions of how her life's going to be at Manderley with, with Max and all this, but she also then envisions and lets her mind like go nuts thinking about Rebecca and like mind reading how he feels about felt about Rebecca and all of this and it's so consistent with the character because of how that imagination in her was developed absolutely and and this this story Daphne du Maurier she says it's not a romantic novel like when she is no longer living but in her interviews she said you know these all of these relationships are very disturbed. They're not, they're not healthy. (laughs) They're not healthy. There's lots of gaslighting, lots of manipulation that go on and they go on on multiple levels. Really the only my same person is Frank. Yes. I like Frank. Frank. I kept thinking like, can she just run off with Frank? (laughs) But it's true. It wouldn't have been a good story then, but (laughs) it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same. And and that's almost like part of it. It's it's an exploration of jealousy and envy and how we can allow our mind to grow these kind of like it's yeah, an antagonist narratives that aren't even true. Like, yeah, absolutely. Which is and a fascinating own... theme to play with. Like it's absolutely. Yeah. It's funny how like some of that is her and some of it is the people around her. The number yes. of times Rebecca is actually brought up. Mrs. Danvers being such a obsessive. She is a creepy character. Yeah. That was a fabulous um, character. She was amazing. Like she, <gasps> yes. and she is like, because you actually like, I get it. Yeah. Like after, like she grew up idolizing her and yeah. and being like her confidant as well as her personal maid as well as yes. her housekeeper like yes. there were no secrets there and I I get how that weird codependent idolized relationship causes her to do the very weird and disturbing things she does she loves picking at the un named narrator and and bringing everything home and yes. all of Rebecca's things that are kept in readiness for her to Ugh. walk back in yes. <laughs> like even though there's no ghost in there like you it feel feels it like it you feel this aura of Rebecca throughout the whole thing it's the R's like even as, as a symbol like that R on the handkerchief that R on the in the in one of the films like Rebecca's brush is moved into the unnamed narrator's bedroom on her dresser and she's picking up the brush and is brushing her hair and you see the R like just subtly it's so creepy but that it was wonderful it was one of those Mm -hmm. things that you're like that's amazing and Hitchcock actually has that scene the the one where Maxim confesses where that he is telling the story and Hitchcock is actually filming nothing as if though there is a specter in that place standing mm-hmm. up and doing what's being done like mm, as Maxim saying uh-huh. it it's the weirdest creepiest thing but you feel that like yes. even though she's not there her shadow is like yes. <laughs> like and her step it's is along the hall <laughs> yeah. it is super effective all that all yes. that imagery all that planting and even like there's a part where the grandmother is visiting and meeting the new second Mrs. Mm-hmm. De Winter, and she 
she's like who is this girl and where's Rebecca like she she has dementia and it's one of those very effective scenes where you just yeah all it's of so these awkward things. you feel all yes. of the like yes and then at the end Maxim's sister is like oh it's it's okay like she just loved Rebecca so much and you know there's some people like that where like everyone loves them dogs children like she's listing all these things and we're like we, we got it we're, we're there <laughs> got it. it it is one of those books that it, it almost feels like there's so much that you're like drowning in all of that but I I do think that as a study on all of those things that make yes something feel a certain way that is yes. very effective as a study <laughs> yes well and a great study in subtlety too there's so many moments yes. that you, there's these like undertones to the conversation that you're like oh I don't think they're actually what? like there's something else behind what they're yeah. saying here and I don't know quite what and and once you realize what you know like I mean the conversation she has with Frank right I think it's right after the grandmother where she kind of like the narrator kind of shares some of how she felt about Rebecca and Frank's like body language in that his like unwillingness to say too much like yes. all of it like subtly communicates like there is more going on here than the narrator knows or thinks but as the reader you don't totally know what either and so there's this like very um I don't know it's great and and kind of a study in misdirection too you know like yes mm. I mean I definitely figured things out before they are disclosed but at the beginning yes. you kind of believe that he really loved Rebecca and can't get over Absolutely. her. And, you know, like you believe the narrator because you're so grounded in her view and you're kind of misdirected away from what's actually been happening. Yes. And then when you find out, it all still makes perfect sense. Like it's low, like I should have picked up, you know, like it, right. it's a great job of doing that. Like where you mislead the reader in a different direction and then things still are believable, but surprising. Yes. And that magic trick, because the two twists really, like one is I shot her. Yes. <laughs> and then we get a couple pages later that explains why yes. and it explains all the details behind that that is that I hated her yeah. and it, it's interesting because it it makes you uncomfortable in that like looking back Rebecca can't speak for herself like <laughs> Who knows other other than what we see on the page, which is what everyone says about her, what we know probably happened with her cousin because of what he says and yeah. his letter. We don't know anything about Rebecca. So we have to, like the narrator, take Maxim at his word. Yeah. And that feels uncomfortable. But I do think that his shift from being the mask wearing person who is rage filled and yes. and patronizing and terrible you feel like you're finally seeing a little bit of the underbelly of the person yeah when he's finally vulnerable you yeah. it's, you start liking yeah. <laughs> even though you don't want to and even though you're Absolutely. like i know this guy's a murderer but i'm yeah. right there with and by that point in the book i think too you're just so in the main characters absolutely head and grounded in her perspective and she's yes. so relieved just to find out that right. he didn't love Rebecca Max didn't love Rebecca like she just repeats right. it over and right. over again that you almost feel relief with her like yes well the first time he actually says he loves her is in that moment like, yes exactly he he 
he recognizes that she loves him. Mm-hmm. I but that bugged me so much. Like that yeah. he never said he loved her, and she's oh, just absolutely. like, "Will you marry her?" <laughs> it's one of those very sad stories. It works where, so well, though, in the yeah. Christmas story. Like, absolutely, yeah. that's the place where he should say it for the first time. Yeah, and and I think I mean again, this story isn't like it isn't it's a romance. romantic story. Yeah. Like, it's one of those that it is you are so entrenched in that person's viewpoint that she she is like sunk in her life into this place and she's just trying to scramble out some like semblance of a life from this crazy situation so I do think that we're kind of in that place of relief where we're like oh he's not the worst biggest bastard okay I mean he's still terrible like yeah he's still a murderer but he's not gonna kill her so (laughs) he finally loves her okay let's go with it and I think that we should feel uncomfortable like it it is like it is a grim (laughs) horror story from the beginning the descriptions are you know flowers like blood and Mm -hmm. so it it sets the tone for this story even the romance part he almost drives them off a cliff. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> Again, red flag. <laughs> like, like, but I like that she does that like throughout. Like yes. she is signaling what type of story we're in. And it's yes. interesting because there's an adaptation that, I mean, really both adaptations of the film lean in. The one because of the Hayes Code, like they they cheat code Maxim because he doesn't actually kill her. It was an accident. She She tripped and and fell and he staged everything but oh he he didn't actually shoot her it's not the same story (laughs) it's not the same story and that's what I find fascinating about the different adaptations is looking at the choices they made because it's not the same story like when I read the story I'm like wait this is crazy because that story feels like a love story and it ends at a different point so if you watch the Hitchcock one comparing them I think will be interesting yeah I've wanted to watch it I just didn't have a chance to have the Hayes Code at that time actually you couldn't be you couldn't show a a person marry like kill their spouse and get away with it which is why they had to change that plot point I find it fascinating yeah in the Netflix one so again the end point is like actually very joyful and beautiful after the crazy with the the end sequence you have them hugging and it's very like them being reunited (laughs) the netflix one actually takes that romance even farther which i don't think the text necessarily supports like the end shows them like happy in cairo and like oh this ghost is gone the shadow's gone so we can be happy again yes and And i'm like i'm not sure the text supports that either (laughs) max isn't gonna not be who he is yes (laughs) that's a horrible person absolutely and when we when we get to the end like when we go through all that find out really all the little pieces of the puzzle which uh, I don't know about you but I think that last part is super effective Mm -hmm. from as you said like the ball like moving forward well now is the first place it felt like there's a plot now yes (laughs) right (laughs) it's not just lots of description and people talking like having tea together (laughs) and someone's fantasy world like I I think 
she dreams a lot and you don't know what's actually real and it actually shows like we finally at the end of that sequence of the ball we know the antagonist we know what's happening we know what mrs danvers is trying to do and we know why and then we know what's actually going on then we get that next max finally dropping the mask showing what's going on and then she actually becomes the heroine of her own story and yeah she finally takes some agency and tries to like (laughs) save him a little bit absolutely like she actually the power dynamic shifts so hard in that scene yes where they are on the same level where she actually has to end up doing so much for him moving forward and being like this source of source of strength that then we see when she's talking about the beginning Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we see Mm -hmm. her do that which is interesting it's interesting to see that shift yeah um and she does shift throughout the story but that point it's a very dramatic turn for sure what did you feel about the end point it felt abrupt honestly to me like it was same with me like it was good it was so quite like dramatic mm-hmm. but I was like wait what happened I kept like turning it. I was like that's it like this is the forward now wait what right yeah I feel the same too I I think it I think it and I don't I don't want to so it's I, again I that subtlety though like she yes. she leaves you on the suggestion of a thing happening rather yes. than on the actual like the seeing an actual thing yes um and there's part of me that's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And another part of me that was annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like, because you almost wish that she would have taken the words that were used for a little too much description yeah. and put it to the end to actually yeah. give some form of ending. And yes, I get we can go back to the beginning and see where they end up, which yeah. I would argue that they there's parts in that beginning that are all about the ghosts coming back. Like, yeah. like if we do something, we might wake the ghosts. Yeah, that's I, true. I get the feeling that that they may be, they're in purgatory rather than yeah. that they're like living their happy life, like doing things. Well, and reading throughout, I thought yeah. they were on the run, you know? So like, yeah, right? I kept expecting that. Like I kept expecting yeah. it to come out. And so then like the ending felt a little surprising in that way too. Yeah. Well, and uh, possibly that openness to interpretation mm-hmm. might have led it to allow for that tension of yes what absolutely. is going to happen like yeah will that secret come out will I it agree it led so much tension to that ending the hook <laughs> the hook is just so interesting because literally it's like how did we get to this point why are they so afraid <laughs> like mm-hmm. why can they never go back and it's yes. it's all it's just such an interesting framing device I don't think it would have worked if she hadn't have had the beginning ask those questions yes. like I I think the time that she did and also having a wiser version of herself yes then introduce the earlier version of herself I think that we might not have, have liked gotten, the earlier version absolutely as well. I, yeah I think yeah. it was ju- if it was just her we would have gotten really annoyed but yes. knowing that she has grown changed and almost joins us in looking back on the character being like 
well she comments on her own youth and like her own like naivete yeah yeah it's also interesting this book was written it it was the sixth book that this author wrote um she, she had four novels two biographies before it she threw away 10,000 words before she ended up picking it up again. So she had like originally written 10,000 words. Mm-hmm. She threw them all away and then started again, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And she actually, her husband had a fiance that had like letters written with the R. And so that was something where she included that element she had found some of them Uh she included that in the story which I think suggests that that some of that (laughs) yes jealousy and and we may have come from direct experience which Mm -hmm. again I think the emotional landscape of that character is so it's so effective yeah you get it there's something very honest and real about it. Like you yes. believe it. Like you're like, oh yeah, I would feel that. <laughs> <That's Right? laughs> a little bit. Like this, this Rebecca is everywhere. Like, yes. come on. Yes. Yeah. It, it's relatable in that way. Maybe not in all the shyness and awkwardness to the d- degree that she has, yes. but I think that there's something that feels authentic in the emotion of, of yeah, all of that. We've all felt jealousy yeah. or we at some point in our lives or compared ourselves to other people. And, yes. you know, like that stuff feels very real or get so wrapped up in the own, our own narrative of what's going on. Like, and I, I think that's why we talked about before, um, in a previous episode that it hasn't gone out of of print. And I do think that's one of the reasons why, like it's, it's naked and bare in that acknowledging of, of those things, those, those, you know, those emotions that we don't always talk about, that we don't yes. always bring out to the light. I, I think it does a, a minute job of exploring them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also the kind of book that like, I mean, I think we've talked about this before too, like that you want to create characters that are extreme enough that people want to talk about them. Yeah. And I felt that like when I finished this book, I was like, I want to talk about this I have strong opinions about it like right. there are things I really did not like and things I really did yes. like and things that you know like and I think there's something really good actually about creating that kind of effect on a reader like like it's almost beneficial sometimes when someone like doesn't like certain things in your book I feel that way about Colleen Hoover like there are like her books disturb the hell out of me and I hate them and love them at the same time and it's like it creates yeah she has a huge fan base it works like, absolutely want to talk about books that they that they both like and dislike yes well and it's interesting because she actually talks about you know that she doesn't really she almost feels like imposter syndrome that so many people <laughs> read her but I I think recognizing that we gravitate to things that do have that extreme yeah feeling behind it yeah and we, things that kind of play with yeah. those darker sides of ourselves yes. or those like things that we don't talk about like Rebecca does that for sure yes it allows us to look at them in the mirror it allows us to kind of compare ourselves as well and be like yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> at least I haven't killed my spouse right. <laughs> some horrible guy who did <laughs> my, my life is a little bit more like not as chaotic or yes. or my relationships are a little less dysfunctional like it's 
it's nice to be able to it's nice to be able to compare ourselves it's nice to be able to look at something and look at what someone does and is and even come at it from that point of well at least i haven't done that like, like i i think recognizing that when we play with those very extreme things those very extreme emotions those very you know even extreme dramatic things when they come from a place of emotional authenticity melodrama falls flat when the emotion doesn't ring true yes yes i think such a great this and it is this is a very melodramatic book but it seems true (laughs) and it reminds you you know like it it is so jane Aaron, but it's also like i kept thinking of colleen hoover's verity a ton in this and it's that like we keep telling stories about the first wife or the earlier wife but but there's things that are like really true in that and then they like authors like that and Rebecca just take it to this extreme where it is bordering on melodramatic well I don't think Rebecca even borders on it 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 works you're right it so works people are still writing like video essays 80 Mm -hmm. years after this was first written and I think even recognizing that it it definitely has things that for a modern audience I think make it a little more difficult to consume in the book form yes but I think recognizing that when that sticks with us over that period of time that people connect with it enough to still be talking about and and unpacking it that there's something there in the collective psyche I think that that it hits on yeah (laughs) that is true now even yeah even though it's so long ago yes absolutely okay (laughs) so if you haven't read Rebecca and and we haven't totally spoiled it for you (laughs) go read it or watch the Hitchcock movie and if you have read it and want to talk about it clearly we want to talk about it too because there's a lot to talk about in this book um so come find us on social media and we can talk about it on Instagram Thank you for joining us so much. We hope that you have um, a great rest of your day, that you keep reading and writing and exploring the extreme and hidden and dark sides of humanity and putting things out into the world. Absolutely. Did that go how you were thinking? It was? That was great. It was fun. <laughs> I'm, I really enjoyed that. I'm, yeah, I did too. <laughs> oh, I like when books give me strong opinions, even if they're a little bit negative opinions. Absolutely. Sometimes. I think that's actually a good thing. Apart a little bit. Yeah. Also, like acknowledging the the layers, like the nuance of something can do something really well and it can also drive us nuts and we can want to throw it across the room. And and that's okay. Like and and recognizing what parts do that to us actually has a lot of value. Yeah. And it was interesting. It was funny when I when I suggested it, I'm like. I really hope that Bethany doesn't hate every single second of this. I will say, like, up until the midpoint party, I was like, this is not for me. This is just not for me. It's beautiful. There's beautiful writing. It's like, I'm kind of intrigued, but this is not for me. But then from the party on, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm good. (laughs) I'm glad that there was at least one point. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this journey. No, I I was glad I read it. (laughs) 